Well, first up tonight, you may have seen reports this week about a nationwide shortage of children's cold and flu medicine. Pharmacies have been dealing with back orders for both tablets and liquid suspension, children's Tylenol, acetaminophen and Advil, ibuprofen for quite a while now. Uh, Supply again low for months and it's impacted availability of both name brands and generic brand products. Here's what one mum told Global Toronto this week. It's scary. Tylenol, Advil, it's almost impossible. I found it at Costco and you could see like it was being like picked through so quickly. What's going to happen? They spike a fever at like 1 a.m. We have to go and sit in an emergency room. Yeah, she's referring there at the end to uh, something that Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto put out this week, asking parents for a subscription uh, for some of these items that are in short supply. And that's been talked about quite a bit. It's not common, I don't believe. Uh, and with back to school around the corner, of course, which typically sees an uptick in colds, flus and other diseases uh, because of the, the way they spread in closed spaces like classrooms. Uh, how much cause for concern is it for parents right now? Joining me now with more on this is Justin Bates. He's CEO of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's great to be with you. So what is going on? Well, what we're seeing over the last couple of months is unprecedented demand for these products. And uh, we haven't seen this before because much of what uh, usually occurs is the seasonal components to these viruses. So going back to school in the fall, winter, we get spikes in, in demand, but we don't normally see as many people getting sick during the summer months. And that's really what we have here. It's a demand side rather than a supply interruption or any global supply chain challenges, which we have seen with other product shortages and medications in particular. Interesting. Um, How widespread is this? Well, it is widespread. It's across the country. Um, You're going to see varying degrees of uh, inventory uh, in pharmacies and other retail establishments. These products actually are unscheduled, which means that they don't require a prescription. Um, they're not actually an over-the-counter or behind-the-counter product um, and regulated as such. So being unscheduled, you can sell them in a convenience store, at a gas bar, um, also in a, in a pharmacy. So it is widespread, um, and we are hopeful and, and monitoring the situation by talking to the drug manufacturer to ensure that they replenish the supply as quickly as possible. But it's not easy to turn a switch on because they look at trends over uh, a long period of time and to ramp up production very quickly is definitely a challenge. Yeah, I would imagine in this case, I mean, they've had the same sort of uh, cadence to the sales of these products for ages, as you mentioned before, you know, back to school, you see a bit of a spike. I always remember there was always a lot more of these products on the shelves heading into this back to school period, as opposed to the bare shelves we're seeing now. Um, what are what are you hearing from your members? Are they are they all equally sort of getting, um, you know, putting it on the shelves and having it cleared out? Is that is that a problem, too, that people are sort of taking what they can get when they see it? Yes, and I think the last 72 hours, what we've seen is the phenomenon, I like to call the toilet paper phenomenon, and not to make light of the situation, but you do see panic buying, and we've seen that throughout the pandemic, and uh, with notices going out uh, and memos making recommendations to parents uh, about how to access the product, we saw a rush into pharmacies, uh, lots of questions, and that um, exasperated the the challenge because it increased demand, and We did have chewables available um, as recently as a day ago, uh, and now they're in short supply. And many pharmacies have behind the counter a larger volume, what we call a stock bottle, and they take that uh, 
often for prescriptions, because that does happen um, from discharge a hospital or uh, from a, a primary care physician, they'll write a prescription, even for an OTC that can be covered by a drug plan. And uh, those larger bottles are then uh, put into lower volume uh, bottles, labeled and dosed appropriately. And even that's out. Um, so what we're looking at now is other alternatives to help people uh, combat this when their child has pain or a fever. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you, you always run into that that problem where you want the population to know at the same time you don't want them to panic and that's always a tough call right or a tough tough line to walk it is you want to increase awareness and you want to put in measures to ration when you know that there are challenges you need to to mitigate those so that nobody is going without um and i think the 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 awareness and the public awareness did create a bit of that rush to make sure people have it at home in case in the fall it's still not available and they have a child who happens to be uh, in pain or need uh, this treatment for a fever. I think it's, it's important to note that there still are options, um, one of which is the regular and extra strength, uh, which typically adults use in the tablet form. And uh, if you speak to your healthcare provider and your pharmacist, they will explain to you how to uh, dose that for your child because it does have to be cut uh, in half. Um, but there's also op- opportunity to crush that um, pill and, again, dosing it appropriately for the weight and age of the child and put that into something like applesauce because we know that tablet form uh, can be challenging for children to swallow. Um, so that's what we're encouraging people to do and pharmacists are counseling parents and, and patients on exactly how to manage through this and navigate through the the shortage. Yeah, I still have memories of way back when being given, you know, quarter pieces of aspirin, that sort of chalky, chalky aspirin, which is awful compared to the children's aspirin I was used to at the time. Um, You mentioned earlier that there there might not be relief in sight, but it's hard always to predict. Uh, But do you have any sense from other experiences uh, over the past while just how long it might take uh, for them to ramp up or at least try to make up for what's missing? Well, we're hearing uh, early to mid-fall, so that puts us out uh, a month uh, approximately, uh, at least before we'll see uh, a significant replenishment and and on the shelf more of these uh, products that we're used to seeing. Um, That uh, also takes into account uh, if we have a normal uh, seasonal uh, virus spread in in the fall. If we start to see another wave of COVID and outbreak, um, then that could further uh, exasperate the situation as demand will continue to increase. Because a large part of this, I think, is contributed to the fact that we're now out and about. We are, you know, in large congregate settings without masks. A lot of the public health measures across the country, if not completely eliminated, have been greatly reduced. And that has increased the exposure and viruses are coming back and they're coming back earlier than they typically would which I think is is one of the factors why demand is is definitely increasing during the summer months when we typically don't see these viruses uh, as prevalent. Justin Bates is with us this half hour. He's the CEO of the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We're talking about this nationwide shortage of cold and flu medicine for kids, both brand and generic brands or generic ones as well. Um, And just what's behind it, demand. Uh, It's been apparently a nasty season for flus and colds for kids over the summer. We don't see that traditionally. So companies have been having a hard time keeping up with demand. Uh, Justin, we know we're heading into the school year and this is when demand tends to go back up. Uh, Any concerns about about just what might happen? Uh, As you mentioned earlier, you talked about potentially a new wave of COVID, but uh, just the normal stuff that we see uh, at this time of year 
you know, coming up next month. Uh, any concern about, about not having enough and that sort of exacerbating this problem further into the fall? It certainly could be one scenario that we experience uh, with the typical seasonal viruses around cold and flu. Um, hopefully that's not combated by a, a further uh, outbreak of uh, COVID with a subvariant. Um, but certainly there is uh, cause for concern. It's going to take uh, some time for production and manufacturing to ramp up. Um, but we remain optimistic based on our conversations with the manufacturers that they will be able to restock uh, the shelves. And, you know, I think there's uh, certainly going to be a continued emphasis on rationing. Um, and when we do have inventory on the shelves, maybe there'll be uh, mechanisms like only having one package or one bottle per family so that uh, we can avoid some of the uh, you know, panic buying and hoarding and stockpiling that we've seen uh, thus far. Right. What kind of advice do you have for parents? I mean, the big one is please don't hoard and please don't panic, right, obviously. But uh, what sort of practical advice should parents should parents know now when they encounter sort of empty shelves or worry about what might happen? Yeah, that's a great question because I do know there there's concerns. I have kids myself. And uh, whenever you hear uh, that something as important as this is in short supply, people people worry and they want to know what are the alternatives? Where should I go? And what, what, where do I get this advice from? So I'd say first and foremost, talk to your healthcare provider, talk to your primary care physician, talk to your pharmacist, uh, seek those options that they counsel you with. Um, it's really important that people follow the label and instructions uh, for proper dosing. So if you're going to crush a pill or uh, take the what is essentially an adult strength with regular and extra strength, Tylenol and Advil, uh, then you need to make sure you're dosing it appropriately so that uh, you don't run into any adverse events with your child. So they look at uh, things like weight and age, um, and, and that'll be really important. The other thing to remember, too, and I think this is important to emphasize, is that not in all cases, because you have a high temperature, do you necessarily need to treat it. Now, obviously, if you're having uh, you know moderate to severe symptoms, then that's where you would look for these types of products. But most uh, fevers will start to subside after 24 hours and are gone by 72 hours. And there's other, you know, non-medical remedies, uh, such as, you know, cold cloth and things of that nature, rest. Um, and if it's pain-related, uh, icing or heating, depending on where the injury is or elevating the injured area. So those would be the um, sort of simple things to try first. But always talk to your healthcare provider to get the best advice on what the alternatives are. And Justin, one of the things I always think about is that, you know, there's a lot of pills in those packages, right? And, and chances are, you know, a child won't need all of them, I suppose. And this would be within limits, but you can always share amongst family and close friends and so on. Yeah, and I think, again, it's uh, important to talk to the healthcare provider to understand if it's an adult dose, such as a regular strength, you know, take uh, ibuprofen, for example, at 200 milligrams or 400 at extra strength, and it's a tablet form to make sure that you're not giving the child the full dose and that you're cutting that pill in half, uh, and hopefully they will be able to uh, swallow it. I mean, that's typically the biggest challenge with kids, uh, the taste and having to swallow a pill. Uh, which is why the liquid form is uh, usually preferred. But these are the types of options of crushing that at a half dose of the regular or extra strength, putting it into uh, some other foods that uh, essentially hide that taste and uh, will still be able to administer the uh, medication. So there's different tricks in trade, but you want to make sure that dosing is clinically appropriate. 
Justin Bates, uh, I guess we'll we'll be at this for a little while longer, but uh, good to hear that you, uh, you're you optimistic that things will probably get back to something like normal uh, sometime in the fall. Thanks so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.